Welcome to Collier's Talks, a podcast series featuring the latest trends, insights, research, and developments in commercial real estate in Canada and beyond. Hi, I'm Madeline Nichols, Managing Director of Collier's Brokerage Group in the GTA. Elizabeth Modal brings a strong and diverse business background in a variety of industries and is currently CEO of the Surrey Business Improvement Association. She has built organizations from the ground up and been involved in all aspects of multi-million dollar operations. In addition to her stellar business accomplishments, she has done what many could only dream of. She has completed 99 Ironman triathlons in seven continents and has completed every Ironman in the world. Elizabeth, we would all love to know what your secret is. Welcome and thank you for being here. Well, thank you, first of all, for for having me, Madeline. And it's uh, nice to celebrate um, um, the spirit of women um, by uh, chatting with you because you have a very responsible position as well. And um, and just sharing some thoughts and ideas uh, uh, with my tenure in life and my journey uh, with the rest of the listeners and hopefully inspire uh, people to be the best that uh, we can be uh, when we dig down deep enough. So for the first part of your question, what's my secret? I don't think I have a secret. I just try my best with every day. I put my best foot forward and um, just really set goals for myself all the time. So uh, type A personality, no question about that. And I'm always looking for that new thing to do or topping up my life, whether it be through work or personally, professionally. Um, just, I, I believe the better you are to yourself, the more you do for yourself, the more you can give to others and your community as well. So looking at that from that aspect, I'm always on the move with that double A, triple A personality uh, and, and looking forward to, to see what's next on the horizon. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm uh, so impressed with that level of energy. How do you keep your energy up? Well, first of all, to be quite honest with you, I have a really good night's sleep. So I might not always sleep well, but I always try and be in bed by 9.30, quarter to 10 at the very latest. Uh, many a nights um, I'll turn off my phone at 8.30 and no more. Phone does not come on until 4.30, quarter to five in the morning. So I'm very structured in my day for my workouts in order to accomplish my activities for Ironman. And for those people who don't understand Ironman triathlon, it's a 226K journey. It's a 3.8 kilometer swim, 180K bike, and a full marathon, a 42.2 marathon. And you're given time segments uh, to finish it. So in order for me to get where I'm going and what I love to do that tops up my bucket, um, I have to be up super early and that's when I, that's my time. I don't run or I don't work out with any music or anything because that's where I actually resolve issues um, that arise during work uh, or professional, uh, my professional career or boards that I might sit on 
and I make lists, mental lists in my head as I, I go for my run. Now, I, I do have to admit that uh, uh, when I don't go out in the wintertime when it's raining here in Vancouver, um, I actually stay on my bike, train on my bike, but that's when I catch up with my movies and things that I've missed, etc. So during COVID, we haven't been able to swim as much, but uh, getting away for power weekends, we're not locked down like the rest of Canada. I'm able to uh, get to a hotel outdoor pool and swim there. So a few swims here and there just to kind of top me up. So that kind of explains that portion of it. So yes, early morning, then uh, meetings starting between eight and nine in the morning. And then I go sometimes to seven, eight or nine o'clock at night if I have a late meeting. Um, uh, usually that's uh, pre-COVID, um, that, but I don't schedule too many of those because I'm just too tired the next day and I don't get the best. Uh, I'm not good after uh, 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night. And uh, do you sleep through the night? Do you get a good solid night's sleep? No, not usually. It's pretty broken. As I've gotten older, it's gotten more broken. Uh, some I might have a you know three, two or three good nights of sleep and then one or two bad nights. But usually the bad nights come with too much on my mind if there is an issue that I'm trying to work through. Mm -hmm. Gosh, well, that's that's certainly quite a schedule, but I can see that you're so um, so passionate about what you're doing that really it's about, as you say, filling filling up the jar as much as you can with things that you enjoy. Um, so I know so many people will be uh, very curious about the Ironmans. How did you how did you get into Ironman and how did it come to be that you've completed so many? Because most people might stop at one and say they've done it. Yeah, <laughs> I I never on my journey, I never thought that I'd I do as many as I've I've done. But my journey started with uh, just meeting a couple of gals in the gym. Uh, who'd done an Ironman. I was running marathons. At 40, I needed to change my life. I was out of shape, overweight, in a bad relationship, uh, wasn't happy in my job. And so I ran a marathon. It changed everything. Mm, fantastic. So from there, after I'd done the marathon, it was a case of I met these two women who'd done Ironman and we were all trying to get to Boston. And we did, we qualified for Boston and they said, yep, you are an Ironman. You have to come up and watch us in Penticton. So I did and I was absolutely hooked. And the reason I was hooked was the, the multi-discipline, the swimming, the cycling and the running. And um, I never, I hadn't been on a bike uh, since I was 18 years old. So then I bought a Cervelo and, and trained, etc. So I'd actually signed up for my second Ironman even before I did my first because I absolutely loved the training and the discipline and and the fact I did something different every day because I incorporated weights and core work. I studied it. I read everything. It was kind of before the Internet days, did a little research and uh, a couple of girlfriends, as I said, really coached me along and helped me and um, just went out and did it. And the, the first one was the most memorable because that's where you make the most mistakes but i'd already signed up for ironman arizona which was my second and uh, with a couple of girlfriends and went and did that and that changed my life it was there that 
I actually met um, my partner, John, and uh, at the finish line, waiting for my girlfriends because they were a couple hours behind me because I had improved so much because I knew what I had to do for the second one. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting meeting. Um, I met him in the mess tent over a sandwich and uh, he knew my name, my phone number and where I lived and he looked me up. I didn't know he was single. I wasn't single at the time, but that quickly ended. Uh, after I met John, uh, he flew out to Vancouver to meet me after lots of telephone conversations and uh, we ran Vancouver Marathon together, fell in love and the rest is history. But John is world record holder for Ironman competitions. And so although he's a little bit older than myself, he's done the most Ironman in the world, which is now sitting at 259 and holding. But we don't do the same one over and over again. We do the world travel. So many of them have collapsed, but we've gone all over the world. We've raced seven continents. We've been to Antarctica to do a marathon down there to say we had a seven continents club. And we always, uh, part of our passion is world travel. And thus, uh, during the pandemic, as you mentioned in the intro, um, we thought, okay, let's use this time frame usefully when we have additional time Let's write a book on our journeys and our experiences. That's been currently edited by um, uh, Kevin McKinnon, who is um, uh, involved with uh, an, uh, actually a writer, as well as very involved with Iron Man and uh, amazing Canadian and have great respect for him. So he's editing out the book that both John and I contributed to, which is stories on Iron Man, stories about our world travel experiences and um, mishaps along the way. This is awesome. I'm um, there's so many that there's just more and more in talking to you, Elizabeth, more and more that you've done um, that people, you know, sometimes struggle to do, like writing a book. So many people think about doing that, might start and stop and never actually finish one. But you strike me as being someone that's very good at putting your mind to something and actually seeing it through to completion. Have you always been that way, or was it something that you learned uh, learned um, through your your travels and your various journeys through um, different careers? Yeah, I've had a really varied career, and uh, you know, owned and operated several of my own businesses, and uh, I, I think that my childhood is very reflective of who I am today and how I was raised, and. And also my parents sent me to boarding school when I was um, 12 years old. So as much as I was raised on a ranch, we were very active, very outdoors people. I think I've kind of come full circle because I love being outdoors. And, um, but I also enjoy the city and some of the cultural events around that, which really was um, uh, introduced into my life when I went to boarding school because I was a boarder. So I got great education. I'm very focused. It was an all-girls school, so it was the women were really empowered to be ourselves, who we were, what we were about, and learn to think on our own two feet. And I actually attribute that more to boarding school education of this uh, of the seven years that I was a boarder there. Um, and really, at 12 years old, I left home. That and and I never returned except for a holiday. Then I went to university. Then I met my husband. And I, I never really returned home. So I believe a lot of it was um, a growth pattern set very early in life.
but my sporting events didn't come till much later in life. And I attribute that to the discipline I learned with my studies at boarding school and um, how everything was so structured. These days, I don't like to be so structured. I get bored very, very quickly. So I like to do new things, travel to new places, shift up my routine. The only thing that doesn't change for me is my workout. That's key to my day. But I have to have an unstructured day as much as possible because of the fact that I hate massive routines. And that sounds really, I, I'm very conflicted in saying that, but it really comes down to the fact that I get bored very quickly. So I can't do the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but having said that, in some respects, I do. And do you think some of it also stems from that time first thing in the morning um, when you're working out, you've got that time for yourself, maybe that freedom in your mind to plan your day and think of your priorities, that once you then move into your day, you need some freedom in your schedule to be able to move to enact those things that you've just kind of prioritized during your workout. Is there perhaps an element of that as well? Oh, you're absolutely right, Madeline. You're 100% correct. For me, it's all about, okay, I made that list of 10 things I have to do, and this is a priority, one, two, three, all in my head, and then working through that on the day, and I have to be flexible in order to accomplish that because it's about priorities and how I do that. Every so often I can't get them done, so then they slip to the top of the list for the next day, and then I, I flip that over to that list for that day. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's having the flexibility to do that, but the structure moving forward uh, in that time frame for myself. And I think if there was one thing that I could leave with, with women is, is be kind to yourself, is that don't beat yourself up. You can't do it all. And even though um, you said I've, I've done it all, I really haven't in maybe in other people's perspectives I have. I just do the best that I can do with my knowledge, but also I have a lot of years and a lot of people too. Moving into my my 60s was a uh, last year was a, as a big step forward and, and realizing that I'm really on my back end of my career now. So this is a time to give back and to do a little bit more and to encourage other women to be the best they can be within what they can accomplish and what they can do. Um, because everyone is different from each other and you have to respect that. Elizabeth, I love that. Um, you know, be kind to ourselves and be kind to each other. You know, it, I think that's so powerful in itself because we do, I think, hold ourselves up sometimes to this somewhat ridiculous standard. And we feel, you know, a bit of a failure if we we don't get there or we skip a day or we fall behind or we stop the workouts or whatever. You know, we're our own worst critics and we beat ourselves up, which can become a self-fulfilling prophecy in itself. So that act of kindness to yourself and to others, I think goes so far. Um, I know you've had such a varied career and you've had large teams of people that you've been in charge of and or you've grown teams in a very material way. How have you found best to inspire others and to 
um, kind of allow people to be their best? Is there anything that you've imparted into your, your workplace that way? For me, I've always had an open door policy. Um, I will never ask anyone to do something that I won't do myself. And starting back in businesses years ago, uh, when we had uh, a small motel um, and then a larger one on top of that, I could go in and scrub the toilets just like any other room attendant could as well. And I would never ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do. And I still have that open door policy and the same mentality today. So, and, and if anyone has an issue, I always say my door is open. Please come and see me. I don't believe in a hierarchy approach. I believe in team management and it's all about the team. I try not to take all the credit because I always like to give that credit that is uh, due to my team because I'm only as strong as my team. And I've had some wonderful people that I've worked with throughout my life um, that have reported to me or I have reported to them. And I just feel whatever goes around comes around in life and just treat others like you would like to be treated and to thine own self be true. That's really the bottom line. And building teams like that is about an open, honest approach. And if you don't know something, say so. There's so many times I love to hire good people around me who know so much more than I do because they add to that team element because I'll have things that they won't have and they have a heck of a lot more than I have. And so it's a case of let's just share all the information and be better together. And it's a collaborative approach. Oh, that's great. That's really inspiring in itself, actually. I'm going to try and uh, impart some of those things into how I relate to my team. Um, so I guess in closing, um, there's lots of young women in the workforce now, and it's very different now uh, than it was even when I started in the business and when you started in the business. If you were to write a postcard to your younger self with a few kind of sentences or words of advice, what would you what advice would you give a younger version of yourself who's maybe just starting in, in the world of business? I would say don't get married too soon in life. That was my my mistake. I got married too soon. Don't have children too soon. Um, and I would say just be kind to yourself and those who surround you and always look to top up your cup with people who you look to as possibly a mentor or somebody you look up to to respect and and seek that person out. Ask them the questions and most of all, listen. That's awesome. I really love that. Um, Elizabeth, this has been such a treat. I know we could go on for much, much longer and maybe that'll be a follow up episode if we're so lucky. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Madeline Nichols from Colliers and Elizabeth Modell. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to Colliers Talks podcast. To learn more about Colliers Canada, our experts, and our solutions, visit ColliersCanada.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.